well-minded abortion is sex without consequences. Now, when I was a little kid, somebody told me that storks brought babies. And I believed it, even though I'd never seen a stork. Somebody told me storks brought babies, and I'll tell you one thing, if storks brought babies, nobody would legalize abortion. Nobody. If babies came into the world any other way than through sexual relationships, people wouldn't legalize the killing of babies. It isn't that people hate babies, it's that they love sex. And they want no consequences. And how severe and how profound and how deep is their lust for sexual fulfillment so deep if necessary, they will massacre millions of babies to maintain that freedom. That's the compelling issue. That's what drives the abortionists. That's what drives the whole thing. The whole abortion agenda is an agenda all about free sex without complications. The most serious complication in sex is a baby.
travel in your Gentile countries when they came back, they had a little custom and you read about it in the Gospels, they would shake the dust off of them before they stepped back on the soil of Israel because they didn't want to pollute the soil of Israel with dust from Gentile countries. They wouldn't enter into a Gentile house because they thought they would be defiled. They wouldn't eat what the utensils of Gentiles had touched because they thought they would be defiled. They had this isolationist mentality. This idea that they alone and they alone. Both of everybody else could know the true and living God and that they were God's people and no one else was going to be God's people. And sure enough, listen, Paul is saying there's only one God here. There's only one God and he must be the God of all. And it's not a matter of keeping his law. It is a matter of faith. It is a matter of faith. Turn back to Romans 2, 5, 11. In verse 14, he says, When the Gentiles who do not have the law, nor have the written law of God, do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law and the law, to themselves, look at this, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts are not only accusing us to fill in the building center, the Gentiles have the law. They don't have it in its fullness. They don't have a ceremonial part. They don't have all the nuances of worship and all those matters that are detailed in the Mosaic law. But they have the law in their hearts. They know what is right and what is wrong. They understand what is true and what is false in terms of conduct and behavior. There is a law written in the fabric of their lives. And they are guided by the conscience. We asked about law, we talked about the conscience in past time. So, there is one God. Paul says, and consequently, he is the God of Jews and Gentiles. The Jews have the written law of God, and the Gentiles have the law of God in their hearts. God is absolutely consistent. He will save the Jew not by that law, but by faith. And he will save the Gentile not by that law, but by faith. It's not necessary to have the scripture to be saved, God didn't say that. Ultimately, in the end, and finally, the Gentile who lives up to the law written in his heart is going to have to be exposed to the truth from someone. He's going to have to hear who the true God really is. He can have a moral law in his heart. He can understand as long as one says there's a creator, there's a God, there's someone behind everything, a first cause, a power, and he can know something about his nature because of the creation that he sees, but he is still living up to that light, living up to a further light that can lead him to redemption. He's going to have to come to repentance and belief in the true God. But he is the same God who saves Jews and Gentiles. By faith. They are keeping works. When it means of salvation, Gentiles who have no law could not be saved. And then if they couldn't be saved, God couldn't be the, Jew, the God of the Gentiles. But he is the God of the Gentiles. And Scripture makes this clear all through the Old Testament and all through the New Testament. He is the God of all nations. Acts 14, Acts 17. As well as many Old Testament passages, Zechariah 2, Zechariah 8, Malachi, it's all throughout the Old Testament, you can find it in the Pentateuch. And God is absolutely consistent. God says 